All right. So thank you so much for joining me for the Sunday podcast uh, for Faith Begins, uh, the Sunday segment. And um, this one is called Trust in the Lord with All Your Heart. Proverbs 3, 5 through 8. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to look at Proverbs. We're going to look at a a story in Genesis um, regarding Abraham. And um, I'm going to look at a little bit of um, the story of Cinderella, ironically. And we're going to look at some uh, other counseling techniques to in a weird way to deal with faith and um, listening to God's voice and listening to God's direction. All right, so strap in and hopefully um, you will enjoy the ride with me. All right, so thank you for tuning in. So today's topic, trust in the Lord, is one that is dear to my heart and one that I am learning a lot about this last week. Um, I got a new job uh, within a day, which was awesome of an interview. And the Lord is also presenting me with some other opportunities. So hopefully, um, you know, praying in whichever direction um, he leads that way. Um, And it is interesting that you you start to pray and you (sighs) listen to God telling you something and telling you to do one thing. And you're like, okay, Lord, I believe you. And then there's a point to where you're just like, hmm, but Lord, maybe that's just going a little bit too far. What do I do? And this brought me to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. So, several people have gone through the trust, you know, trusting in the Lord and the verses, you know, what they mean. And I think... When we're trying to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding. And what is what does that mean? I know that when we say trust, that's the biggest one, and that's the biggest one for me. Trust in the Lord. 
Sometimes the Lord asks people to do crazy things and in, in view of following him. Now, one of the first things to know, though, when listening to God's voice is knowing the character of God and the attributes of God. And so whenever you are trusting in the Lord and you're it's like, okay, I feel like there's, you know, I'm, I'm being led to do something. God will never ask you to do something immoral. He will never ask you to do anything that goes against his own character. God cannot sin. God has a will for your life and my life. And God is a good God. There are things that he does allow in our lives that are not necessarily great or pleasant all of the time. But sometimes at the end of the journey that he calls us on, good things can happen. So I just want to know if like, if you're ever listening, whoever's listening to this, I just want to know because I've heard many people do very dangerous and harmful things to others and to themselves in the name of listening to God's voice. And that is not what we're talking about here. So if you hear that, if you hear that and you hear a voice, especially if you hear one that's audible or if you hear something that, you know, is, you know, making you feel nervous or like super anxious all the time or paranoid, those are delusions and we want to be very clear between listening to the Lord, trusting in God's voice and delusional thinking. Those are two very different things. Two very separate things. So I just want to get that out of the way. So when I say I'm trusting in the Lord with all my heart and leaning not on my own understanding, what do I mean? Because in light of what I just said, one, how do I know that it's not a delusion? If God asks me to go, you know, if he's like, hey, you know, just give give this guy your coat over here, you know, and let's say it's my last coat, I just bought it, let's say it's my favorite coat, you know, it's brand new, I don't have another one, but God asks me to give it to this guy. Well, is it harmful? No. Can I trust God to get me another one? Yeah. <laughs> Can Is God a good God? Yes. Does that guy maybe need it more than I do? Yeah. At that moment, at that moment, that's when you trust God and leave and I love Charles Stanley. Charles Stanley always says, trust God and leave the consequences up to him. So, one, know the character of God, the attributes of God. Two, know whether it is the difference between a delusion or the voice of God. And in, in number two, knowing between the delusion or voice of God or listening to other voices whether it also either be other, you know, spirits or anything that like that, that come up always, you could always test, always test 
and always question because God likes that. God wants you to do that with his word. He wants you to know because he doesn't want you to be afraid. So if I, anytime you hear a voice like, mm, I don't know, I think I need to test that. If that little voice goes, oh, no, 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 don't do that. Well, it's okay to take a minute. You know, especially if you're new to trying to listen to the directions and listen to God's voice. God is not a God of paranoia. <laughs> He's not a God of um, being afraid. He's the God of encouragement. He's the God of courage. He is the God of peace. And he will give you contentment and security in whatever he tells you. There will be a peace in your heart with what he tells you to do. Kind of like when you listen to him and sometimes it's that still small voice within you. If you're a Christian and you've had this happen to you, you probably know what I'm talking about. Um, if you haven't yet, um, I would say maybe maybe you've had it happen or maybe missed it um, or maybe haven't been listening. We get busy. We get, you know, in our lives or we get involved in, you know, maybe in sin. I mean, if we're really, really deep in just kind of going in our own way, doing our own thing. Sometimes we can miss listening to God's voice and God's leading in our own lives. So I just want to be very clear with the fact that God has solid attributes and God cannot change. So, so just be very clear on that. Um, And that's important when we start talking about trusting in the Lord. Because if God says he's going to do something, we have to trust that he can do what he says he's going to do. We have to believe in his own power and in his might, because it's not by my strength, certainly not by my strength, and not by my will that I get things done. And in all my ways, acknowledge him. In all my ways. So, you know, if I'm applying for a job, if I'm, you know, getting up in the morning and I'm starting my day, how does God want me to go about my day? You know, how, what is my attitude for the day? How is my heart? Where is my, am I afraid? What's, what's on my mind for the day? Have I even considered what God would want for me for the day or what he would have for me because if I'm getting up and I'm anxious for the day and I just go on my way, I go drink some coffee, I, you know, just rush in, get ready, get out, get to the office and, you know, or if you're at home, you know, pull up my computer and start my day and don't even acknowledge him, then maybe I've got those weights already on my heart. I've got those anxious thoughts. Then I go into my day and okay, oh no, here's my boss and oh no, I've got something going on here. And it can, you know, those things can weigh down where if I start with God and I say, okay, Lord, how do you want me to start your day? And say, okay, well, cast all your fears on him and he will care for you. 
okay well so i'm gonna start my day lord i'm gonna i'm i have dot 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 going on in my heart and i am nervous and i'm afraid but here's you and dot 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 what do you want for me and you'll be amazed if you just sit back and listen for a minute and pray and begin your day that way what the lord will say So trusting in the Lord, it's trusting that he wants my best, even when I don't know what's going on. It's trusting that he has something on the other side of what I'm going through. That's good for me. All right. So I'm going to turn to now to the story of Abraham. We're talking about trusting in the Lord. And as we're talking about trusting in the Lord, I want to talk a little bit about the story of Abraham. And I won't go into the whole story of Abraham, but Abraham was a man who was told by God to leave his hometown of Ur and was told that he was going to be the father of a great nation. And if you know the story about Abraham and Sarah, Abraham and Sarah, his wife, they were barren, which means that they couldn't have kids. So God tells Abraham and Sarah says, all right, Abraham, you're going to be the father of a new nation. Well, there, you know, it's, I can imagine Abraham going, wait, what? Like, that's impossible. My, my wife can't have kids. So I don't know what you're talking about. And The funny thing is, there's no mention of Abraham taking a new wife or even thinking about that. And, but he, until later when Sarah, thinking about the promise of God and thinking about Abraham, she gave her servant Hagar to Abraham and said, this, this must be how God is going to, you know, fulfill his promise because, you know, you can go ahead and, you know, take Hagar and have a son through her. And that's how his promise will be fulfilled. So he did. And Hagar had a son, Ishmael. Now, Abraham said, see, all right, here, Lord, here's, here's my son. And 
Then Abraham said, or Abraham was told by God that Ishmael would not be the chosen one, that it was going to be a son between him and Sarah. Now, one thing that you know can happen with reading scripture and you know watching documentaries or reading anything we have the fast forward button and we we can fast forward you know to the end of the story to the middle of the story and we don't see we don't see how they waited we see all of the events that occurred but We see one instance here of how they waited. Sarah got a little antsy. She got a little ahead of God and said, well, hey, I think I know. I think I know. But she didn't, she didn't pray. She didn't ask God if that was something that was what he would have wanted. But Abraham, trusting his wife, went ahead and God ended up ended up blessing Ishmael with a nation of his own. He was the father of another of a nation. But God said that's that's not what I'm talking about. Trust me. Trust me. I've got a miracle for you. So Abraham waits and he's now hundred years old and Sarah's 99 years old and he God comes to them and says all right by this time next year you're gonna have a son and I think Sarah does what any woman in her 90s would do if she was told that she was gonna have a kid she laughs and there, they ask her, why, why, why did she laugh? And I think for all of us, we're like, wait, wait, of course she laughed because it's just kind of like, wait a minute, how is that, how is that possible? And the one thing about this too is they knew, they knew the request and they knew what they were saying but in chapter 21 of Genesis it says now the Lord was gracious to Sarah as he had said and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the very time God had promised him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. When his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born. And Isaac means laughter because he brought 
joy and laughter to everyone in the house. So now, after all this time, after all this waiting, Abraham finally has his son. And his son grows up into a young boy, and Abraham is trusting God fully. Then, at some point, it says, the son was, it says, God was with the boy as he grew up. And he lived in the desert and became an archer. Oh, sorry, that was... (laughs) Sorry, Marie. Um, Ishmael became an archer and lived in Egypt. Now... Sometime later, after, I just want to make sure I'm getting this correct as I'm reading through it. Now, Isaac had pretty much grown into an adolescent or a young man um, by the time that um, this next story occurs. And this is, I think, for a lot of us where... I know when my faith is tested, I don't always have the right answers. I don't know. I don't always know. I'd like to think, I think we, a lot of times we're like, oh, Abraham should just know. But, or, you know, how could God do what he did? But anyway, I will go ahead and read. A little bit of this. Um, so sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am. Abraham replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. So, early the next morning, Abraham got up, saddled his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and when we will and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Father? Yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went together. 
When they reached the place that God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar, on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy. He said, do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld anything from me, your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by his horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. I'm going to go ahead and turn to Hebrews 11. And I'll talk a little bit more about the story of Isaac. Turning right now. So if you want to turn with me, feel free. So Abraham took his son, his only son, that he loved at God's request to the altar and was willing to sacrifice him. And God said, now I know you did not withhold your son, your only son, from me. And he blessed him and turned him into a nation. And in Hebrews chapter 11, trusting in the Lord, we learn from the writer of Hebrews that by faith Abraham even though he was past age and Sarah herself was barren was enabled to become a father because he considered him faithful who had made the promise and so from this one man and he as good as dead came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seas By faith, Abraham, when tested, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had received the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead, and figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. 
to talk about trusting in the Lord. So what do we learn from something like that? About that type of faith? Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead. And if you, you know, re-listen back to the story in Genesis, when they were going up the mountain, Isaac asked Abraham, where's, where's the lamb? And he said, God will provide the lamb. And there's two theories on whether or not, you know, he meant that, you know, he, Isaac was being provided as the lamb. I'm convinced that Abraham believed he would be walking back down the mountain with his son. I I believe that he like you know it says here in Hebrews believed that God could raise Isaac from the dead. He trusted that God was not going to kill the promise that he had made with him. That's more than I can say for my own life in many directions. Abraham presents someone who is like a lot of us in many respects and part of his story. You know, he and his wife couldn't have kids. Sarah thought she knew how to, she tried to figure out, all right, is this what God's really going to do? Here's here's this. So, So she presented Hagar. God's like, that's that's not the way I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this in a different way, in an impossible way, in a way that you could never expect. And then when God finally gave Abraham the promised son, Abraham trusted God to the point where he he trusted God to not take away that promise, even when God asked him do that. And there are things in our lives where we have to place certain things on the altar. Certainly not people. This is not saying anything along those lines, but it is talking about sometimes dreams, sometimes goals, sometimes when God says, hey, here's this thing I want you to do. And then it looks like he's asking you to give it up. But you know that that's something he's asking you to do. Sometimes we are tested in our faith. And God has something awesome on the other side of that.
Ironically, I think one of the stories that kind of a very a story that for me represents faith and trust um, in our modern day and age is Cinderella. For me, I think fairy tales have a lot of good things to say um, in regards to faith and um, not only that psychology, um, but they work in a lot of the themes that we're talking about today in a very practical, well, somewhat practical way, and I'll break it down again after that. So I know I've been going through a lot of stories today. Um, So what would the story of Abraham, and then I'm going to go through the story of Cinderella with the theme of trusting in the Lord and faith. Now, before I jump into the next story, um, I will tie it all together, I promise. But before I jump in to the next story, Isaac did grow up to become the father of Jacob and Esau. Isaac did grow up to become the father of Jacob, who was Israel, who became the nation Israel. Now, not all of us are going to grow up to become the parents of a nation. But ultimately, Christ was born from the nation Israel and died for the sins of the entire world. To save us. To redeem us. So, the next story I want to talk about is Cinderella. With the theme of trusting, trusting in the Lord. Now, Cinderella, right, she was the only daughter, it was her and her dad, right, we come into a point in the story where, you know, her dad was raising her, and he was lonely, and he ended up marrying according to the Disney version, Lady Tremaine and her two daughters. And so if you don't know the story of Cinderella, I'm just going to say, I'm going to do a lot of spoilers. So um, ahead of time. So if you don't want to know, stop right now and maybe jump ahead about five, six minutes and then, um, and then listen to the end of the podcast a little bit more. Um, that way, but um, so I am sorry because this podcast will probably spoil the ending of Cinderella if you don't know it. But Cinderella, right? She has 
her two stepsisters and her stepmother, and they live with her. And then eventually her father passes away. And Cinderella is made a servant in her own house. So instead of getting family, the only thing she really wants, she's turned into a servant. And she does everything for them. She cooks, she cleans, and really works to try to earn their love and can't. And they say, do this, she does it, and she's very faithful. And in the newer version, I kind of like it, she gets fed up, and she takes a ride, and she ends up running into the prince, and they kind of meet for a minute. Then she goes back home and things are back to normal. And she is treated so poorly. And then the prince decides to hold a ball to invite every eligible young maiden. And I like in the newer version, he's kind of looking for her. You know, he's looking for Ella. He's looking for Cinderella, for the one that he talked to in the woods. And, but Ella doesn't know that. She knows that the prince is holding a ball with all the eligible young maidens that are invited. And so at this point, the sisters, they get ready, they get their dresses, and you know, Ella is like, okay, well, this is my chance to go out and, you know, go meet, go meet some people and maybe go dance with some other gentlemen, maybe fall in love. This is my chance to go out and go do something. A society ball at a castle very rarely happens. So... To get the invitation. It's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to go to the ball at the castle, the chance to meet the prince. And Ella is not given a new dress. She's given an extraordinarily extra amount of chores, cleaning and cooking, and, and then getting the girls' dresses and making sure that they're good and So when the time for the ball comes, she has already made her own dress. She put together herself and she's ready to go. And she's thinking, okay, this is a dress my mom, my mom wore, I can put that together. It'll be not even a bit of a bother. I'll be, I'll be invisible. Nobody will even see me. And she's thinking, all right, I, you know, I'll, be happy to even be invisible. I just want to go. I just want to go and see what it's like at the ball. Does that sound like anybody listening? I just want a chance. I just get a shot at something. I just want to, you know, I just want to go try. 
And then she steps down the stairs. She walks an entrance that really melts your heart. She walks, the princess walked down the stairs in the dress she made. And there's Lady Tremaine and her daughters. And Lady Tremaine knows how beautiful Cinderella is. She knows how innocent she is. And she knows if anybody can turn the prince's head at the ball, it's her. So Lady Tremaine enlists the help of her two daughters to destroy the dress and tells her she is not going to the ball. Because she is a ragged servant girl. She is not going to the ball. Has anything like that ever happened in your life? You're getting ready. You're getting prepared. You're like, I just want my one shot. And you're starting to get ready. And then, bam, the storm comes up. Things have to happen. And they're like, whoa, whoa, not you, not you. You're not going to the ball. Are you kidding me? No. And it feels like things are against you. And whatever fate or life starts to just attack you. It did for Cinderella. And I know it happens to us a lot in life. And I know it seemed to happen in that moment for Abraham. When he had his son on the altar and God said, hey, take him. Cinderella, there is an allowance of something attacking. There's an allowance for something to interfere with what she needed. No prince. So what was the end result? Her dress was tattered. They left. There was no prince for Cinderella. Lady Tremaine left, getting in her carriage, and she was confident. And if we leave it at that part of the story, there's no carriage to take Cinderella to the ball. She has no dress. And all the hopes that she had to go meet the prince to maybe get out of this life that she was in to maybe have a shot at something new all of that dashed in a minute and what does she do? a lot of us do she ran she ran through the house she ended up going to the backyard and she ran to something though something comfortable something familiar the backyard where in the movie where she and her mother used to go 
all the time and work and play. What does she say? I can't believe. Not anymore. I am done. I am done. I almost had a moment like that myself this week where I just thought, okay, Lord, really? Like, I am done. I am done. (laughs) He's been asking me to pray for somebody and told me to tell them something. And, you know, it's a weird... mix of faith when the Lord leads and I was just like that. I'm done. To the point where I didn't really want to believe anymore. God, you want me to do what? Really? Okay. And Cinderella ends up taking the next step. There's a woman there who's fairy godmother ends up showing up and she says hey I'm hungry can I have a glass of milk and Cinderella puts it all together pulls it together sorry and she gives this woman a glass of milk and says hey you know thinking you kind of see it in the way I love the way this girl acts out the the scene You kind of see it, it's kind of like, oh, well, people have it worse than I do. Okay. Let me go ahead. You know, that's where kindness comes in and compassion. And she starts to get her faith back a little bit. Maybe I don't go to the ball. But maybe things can still work out okay. You can kind of see her faith come back just a little bit. And then the fairy godmother reveals who she is. And she says, well, okay, well, we don't really have long now, do we? We gotta go to the ball. And then the whole rest of that scene is just, that's where the fairy tale comes in. And that's where the magic comes in. It's because Cinderella wasn't supposed to get to go to the ball. But she did. Because really, we know she was supposed to go to the ball, and we know that she's supposed to go and dance with the prince and end up. How is she supposed to do that? Because there is no carriage. There is no way for her to get there. But the fairy godmother showed up. Miracles. Miracles. And God often has the best thing on the other side of what we're afraid of. 
or the hardships that we're going through or the things that he asks us to do and not do. the other side of what we're afraid of. God stopped Abraham in the midst of that. In the midst of the test, God said, hey, Abraham, no, I know you love me. Here's your son, your only son, whom you love. Here's I'm giving him back to you. Let's go take that ram, the one that's in the thicket. God provided. And so at the end of the story, Cinderella got to go meet the prince. She danced with the prince. for us for me anyway I know the prince for me is Christ because if I have him I have everything without him nothing is good him and he will make your path straight so what are you looking for in your day to day what do you need to trust the Lord for is it to get through a job to get you know for just the energy to get through the day trust in your prince trust in the Lord let's go back to Hebrews you talk about trusting in the Lord, part of that is faith. Trust, faith. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Trust means that the Lord wants my good, not my bad. Trust means that the Lord is with me. That God is a good God. And yes, there are a lot of bad things that happen in this world. 
are not alone. There's a good and evil. And there are times when God uses hard things in our lives to grow us up. Or there are other things that he has purposes. We don't know. We don't know. I guess that's part of where trusting in the Lord comes in big time. Abraham reasoned that God could raise Isaac from the dead. But he didn't know that God would. But he trusted God. God was good and that he would reward him for earnestly seeking him. And God did. It's the kind of faith where we can rest in who God is and rest in the attributes of God. He is a God of grace and goodness and love. Cinderella found her prince. Abraham's son became the father of a nation. What are you hoping for? And the Lord, what are you, what are you needing? Maybe, maybe you don't know Christ, and maybe you have not accepted the Lord and accepted His Son as your Savior. And if you haven't yet, very little of this will probably make sense to you. And so I pray that you accept Him as your Savior. Because he is a good God. And he is waiting. Just waiting to call you his own. I'm going to go ahead and pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for who you are. And please forgive me for doubting you. I pray, Lord, that we will trust you with everything. And I pray, Lord, for those who don't know you, that you would call them to you, that you would let them find you, find who you are, because that is the most important thing in the world. Not because you rescue them from their sins but it's like you rescue them from a pit you rescue them they're trying to walk in their neck is deep in mud and they're trying to walk and climb out of a hole they don't even know that they're in and you can pull them out and show them a whole new life as you have me Lord, thank you. Thank you 
for where I live. Thank you for my job. Thank you for new opportunities. Thank you for friends, for my family. I pray, Lord, again for blessings and that you would break every stronghold in the lives of people who are listening to this. And I pray, Lord, that your will be done. Thank you again. And I pray for those who are struggling. My biggest you know, passion is for those two who struggle with anxiety and depression and fear. And I pray, Lord, that you would show those who are listening that you conquered all fear. You are the one who parted the Red Sea. You are the one who gave food to the Israelites to eat in the desert. You are the one who drove out Goliath and the Philistines. You are the one who raised the dead to life. You are the one who died and rose again. Lord Jesus, you sent your son. Lord Jesus, you are the son and you died on the cross for our sins. Lord Jesus, you raised a dead girl to life. You walked on water. You are the I am. And I pray, Lord, for those who don't know you, that they would come to know you. And that those who are going through a storm right now, that they would be with you and know that they have you with them, walking through the storm. So when it gets to moments where they just say, we're done, I am done, I can't believe, not anymore, I don't have faith. When it looks like they're not going to get to the ball, it looks like the promise that you've given them is gone. I pray, Lord, to trust you personally, and I pray, Lord, that you would give them grace to trust you as well, and that together we can have hope and faith and know that without faith it is impossible to please God. Because those who come to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Be not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Thank you for everyone who's listened. I pray blessings upon blessings to those who hear this message. In your name, amen. All right, thank you so much for listening. You are all lovely. And um, just want to say again how grateful I am uh, for those who continue to listen to the podcast and keep it going. Um, This one is not not sponsored and um, I'm going to start putting up some sponsored ones next week. I will try to let you know which ones are which um, in case you know that's something that matters to you. I know it does to some people so I will um, put a warning ahead of time. All right so blessings to you all. Um, Have a great week and God bless.